listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2018. So good to have you back. I hope everyone had such a wonderful time uh, spending the holidays with family and friends. But uh, we are back with another episode of Backseat Directors, and this is episode 51. And this episode has definitely been a long time coming. I've said that for maybe a few episodes in the past, but this one definitely is the case as well. Um, <laughs> the movie we're going to review today is a few weeks old already, and I've uh, been trying to get this podcast recorded for quite some time, but just due to the holidays and vacations and people being in other places and availability uh, we're finally finally ready to debut this uh, movie review um, and today on the podcast joining me once again is my sister samantha and her friend rachel samantha did my uh the movie review for my cousin rachel so that was her first time on the podcast uh, and Rachel, uh, no relation to my cousin Rachel the movie, <laughs> Rachel did uh, the movie review with me for uh, the book of Henry uh, earlier last summer in 2017. Um, so this is their second time on, but I'm happy to have them back, and this is a movie they've been really excited to uh, discuss. So let's go ahead and welcome them to the podcast. Okay, well you guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. This is each of your second time on Backseat Directors. This is my second time with you, but this is really told her. Literally, physically. True. That is true. That is true, because we did ours over Skype for the book of Henry. Yes. Which... <laughs> have you watched it again <laughs> since? No, I, no. Haven't to, I haven't been able to find it. I mean, it's been on Redbox, but I just haven't had the time. I, I want to see it, though. I am so afraid to go back and watch it. <laughs> you Are you going to watch it? I probably will at some point. I'll I probably re-watch it at some I'm point. Gonna, I'm just going to keep giving a plug for it. Blindly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth a watch. Well, I it could have cost uh, Trevorrow his Star Wars job. I think so many things are costing people their Star Wars job at this point. Yeah. But I think the one person that really should be in Jeopardy is the one who has the biggest Star Wars job at this point, so... Being Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, yeah, yeah. Well, to this, because this podcast is not about Star Wars, because we goodness, have to divert. I could, I could go on another rant for the next five hours. I That's can't not. not think about Star Wars with your porch <laughs> sitting there looking at me though. <laughs> well, Samantha just asked. She she just asked me. So who dies at the end of Star Wars? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I heard someone dies. Well, I'm like, well, uh, you haven't seen the movie, and I'm definitely not going to spoil it for you, even if I didn't like the movie. So, you're a good brother. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just waiting for my movie pass to come in. Oh, <gasps> you! Go, oh, that's right. You guys got movie pass for Christmas, right? I did. Like a month or something. Yeah, it's just for January. Nice. But nice. if they get here in January. I know, I know. I've heard it's taken a lot, a lot of people like a long time to get their pass, but once it gets there. Then... I mean, either way though, two movies, it's worth it. <laughs> I know. Yep. I know. Um, well, you guys, I'm happy to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. I know it kind of took us a while to actually get to this point so that's kind of on me kind of was it on you though? okay but here's the thing Ew. you guys you guys got to see this movie like three, three months ago times. three times we've seen it three times and we, the first time was three months ago okay so officially are you guys allowed to talk about this yeah really we were, we were allowed to come talk about it when it came out Samantha actually read the documents that we signed. I just <laughs> agreed that she pretty much understood what that was. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, first things first, since both of you have already been on the podcast, we're going to skip the Get to Know You questions. If the okay. listeners want to go back, um, Rachel's episode was our review of the Book of Henry. Samantha's was our review of My, uh, cousin, my Rachel. cousin Rachel. That's right. 
Um, and I still don't know why you hated that movie so much. I've thought about that movie more and more, and I'm like, <laughs> that movie I don't think was as bad as people think. Well, it's not the worst movie I've seen this year. Me and Real Bearded News totally agree. Oh that, my so. gosh, that's because Sean <laughs> Sean fell asleep for like half of that movie. He didn't know what was going I on. I wanted anyway. to fall asleep for half. Of that oh movie. my goodness. Was Book of Henry your most hated? This no, year? no. Okay. I I would rather go back and see that movie than Star Wars again. Ooh. So that's ouch. Um. Yeah. No. My. Okay. This might be giving some. Some. If it's about Star Wars, just don't even go there. No. My most hated movie of the year was probably. I would probably say it was Kingsman. Ooh. Kingsman was a garbage movie. That was such a terrible movie. You know, I saw the first one with my brother and sister over Christmas break and was so excited to see it because they had such high, like, they set the bar so high and I really didn't like it. The the first one? Yeah. Yeah. I just, and the second one, I can only imagine how much worse it's I enjoyed the first one enough just because it was so different and just, just kind of odd and... And yeah, I mean, I, I liked it okay. I didn't hate it. I was like, oh, that was an interesting movie. Yeah. And yeah, the second one, oh, I, I, it honestly might be my most hated movie of the year. So, interesting. Wow. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's go ahead and we're going to forego the questions and let's introduce our movie review. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. Okay. Our movie review is, what is it? Say it. The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. I'm glad I let you do that one. I'm the lung clapper. I'm the lung clapper. Movie details. Greatest Showman is a musical celebration of show business in the United States and one of its most infamous promoters, P.T. Barnum. A dreamer, a visionary, and an all-American entrepreneur, Barnum rose from the lowest parts of society while recruiting the outcast and downtrodden along the way and created a spectacle never before seen, The Greatest Show. The Greatest Showman was released in U.S. theaters on December 20th, 2017, and it has a running time of one hour and 45 minutes. It's rated PG for thematic elements, including a brawl. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Um, Kidsinmind.com gives The Greatest Showman a 3 out of 10 for sexual content, a 3 out of 10 for violence, and a 2 out of 10 for profanity. In short, this is a very family-friendly movie, so bring everyone. Uh, the Greatest Showman stars Hugh Jackman as the P.T. Barnum. Michelle Williams as Charity Barnum, P.T.'s wife. Zac Efron as Philip Carlyle. Zendaya as Trapeze Extraordinaire Anne Wheeler. And Rebecca Ferguson as the sensational singer Jenny Lind. The film is directed by new up-and-comer Michael Gracie, and this is Gracie's first feature film. 
and I'd have to say he's definitely off to a good start. The incredible music was composed by John Demney and Joseph Trapanese, with Binge Pasek and Justin Paul as the songwriters, and these are the same songwriters from La La Land. The film had a production budget of an estimated $84 million, and with its domestic opening weekend, The Greatest Showman brought in almost $9 million here in the U.S., and has since grossed over $67 million domestically. The global total has brought in over $111 million, and these numbers are solid, but are probably far behind where the studios would have liked to see this movie perform. Uh, just to compare, La La Land uh, brought in over $431 million globally with its time in theaters. I definitely expect uh, The uh, the Greatest Showman to continue to bring in more money, but it is not going to hit the type of performance that La La experienced. Uh, La La Land. <laughs> My apologies. Um, okay, uh, that's our movie details, so let's go ahead and get on with the movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay, well, you guys, um, let's let's go ahead and just talk about the movie, all right? Okay. But before we talk about the movie, though, I do want to I want to know what this little screening preview you guys got to go to was mm-hmm. like, because I was excluded. They didn't let me come to this. You chose not to go. So back in October, back in October, <laughs> I got an email, and I forwarded you the email, didn't I? You did. So I got this email just inviting me and one other person to go see The Greatest Showman, like two two and a half months before it came out and oh, Groucho is trying to come in <laughs> um uh, sorry everyone our dog is trying to come through the cat door and we don't even have a cat um and so but it, it gave like these lists of questions that like you had to take a survey before no after no 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 I'm saying in order to get passes to the screening uh... I had to fill out a survey and part of the survey said do you report or review uh, movies in any kind of way? And it lists blog, podcasts, etc. And I said yes. Uh, okay. And then, and the moment I clicked OK, it said you are excluded from this screening. You cannot attend. Mm. I was like, oh crap! Dang it! I shouldn't have said yes. <laughs> um. So, but yeah. So I well, sent it to you though, and you guys got to go. I'm glad we were able to go. <laughs> it was awesome. It was fun. Okay, so tell tell everyone what it was like. What did you guys actually get to do? Um, so we went to a theater. Um, I mean, because you we, you've been to screenings with me, so you know what is uh, just a. I've you know, been like to a, screenings like a day or two in advance, like mm-hmm. those kind of private screenings, but I haven't been to like an audience test run screen. Uh-huh. Um, and so Rachel and I went up to the theater. And we got online, and I thought for sure we were not going to make it in because there were so many people there who got there before us. Um, but they just ushered us in, and they gave us, like, papers. Like, hey, like, you have to, like, read this and sign and make sure you agree to everything. Before you could sit down? Yeah, because you, we were just sitting in line, and it just went it just zigzag back and forth. And then it came, like, down the hall and then back up the hall and around the corner. Really? Um, and so we were just standing in this line, filling everything out, and they're just telling everyone, like, hey, if you have phones, like, you either need to tur- turn them off and turn them into us, and we'll put them in a bag, and you can pick them up after the movie, or you can go put them in your car. And so they were, like, they were dead serious about this because they were using uh, metal detectors, or is that metal? Wanding us. They were wanding yeah. everybody. And if you had a phone on you, like, you were not allowed to go into the screening. If you tried to, like, sneak it in, like, you were, you were kicked out. 
And so we had to sign all these papers, and then they gave us, like, a blue ticket, and they're like, or they gave us a blue and a purple ticket, and they said, okay, like, this purple ticket is to, like, go in to find your seat, and then this blue ticket you turn in afterwards to receive something for, like, as a thank you. And so, um, so we turned, we ran our phones out to the car, and I ran the phone out to the car. Rachel ran the phones out to the car. I held our spots in line. Yeah, no, no, that's smart. I, I would never give my I phone to some <laughs> random person that's like, oh, we'll give it to you after the movie. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I was willing to do it, but Rachel was like, no way. <laughs> no, no smart. I, I kept thinking smart. I was going to be able to sneak it in, and then I was so glad once I got back and I realized they were wanting everybody. I was like, yeah, that would have been embarrassing <laughs> to be the one with the two phones <laughs> hidden somewhere. Um, but yeah, so then we went and we happened to find like two really good seats right next to each other and um and we just sat there and someone and then it was kind of like a regular screening that I've been to with you where someone comes in and said okay like this is a test run for like audience um they said okay it's like please enjoy the movie but remember that like the movie's not finished and so some of the CGI isn't complete or like some of like I don't know just like other things like or like sometimes like the lines might change later or like scenes may be cut and everything yeah and so they said, make sure you, like, stay in your seats afterwards. We're going to hand out a survey for everyone to fill out. And then you're allowed to leave. And don't forget to, like, claim your prize with your blue ticket. Prize meaning? Ten dollars. Ten bucks cash. <laughs> that was dinner. I've never been paid to see a movie, though. That's true. Okay, so, I mean, but, so was it fun? I mean, it was th- awesome. this is, you know, the movie wasn't even fully, you know, edited and produced yet. So right. it was still in It didn't ruin stages. it at all, though. I didn't think... No, it I ruined it. I it agree. Didn't, it didn't make it a different, a much different experience. I just felt really cool seeing, like, you know what, like, they want my opinion on this movie. So when we went and actually saw it, then you're like, you know what, like, we have to, like, make this movie. Like, we probably tell them, like, take that line out. I practically know Hugh Jackman. So were there, were there things where you were like, oh, I don't like this part? Um, like, on the survey when you filled it out afterward? Yeah. Really? Which we can talk about in the critiques, but Ooh. there's a couple of things. But st- stuff that in- did not end up in the film? Um, not that I remember. It wasn't a huge change from it. Like, there were a couple times where I was like, oh, like, they took that line out. Or oh, like, really? Yeah. But it wasn't massively different. I know. I looked so hard for the things that I wrote down, and I was like, did they change it? And no, they didn't. And I and I didn't mind that they didn't change it, but we'll get to that later. But, yeah, is I really badly wanted them to be like, oh, yes, this critic ch- changed the movie for us <laughs> <laughs> okay so did you guys know that it was a musical before you went to see it yes did you know what the movie was even about though yes yeah did you say i don't think so <laughs> i just saw the trailer for it that rachel had showed me it was pretty it was a pretty vague trailer um more like a teaser but uh i wasn't quite sure i like i didn't really realize like who pt barnum was really it was the, it wasn't the name i recognized <laughs> I mean, dumb, wait, no, I mean, yeah, like within history, he he's he, he's, he's like been the around guy. for he's, quite a while. I yeah, know. yeah. Which I'm surprised that his name didn't ring a bell, but. Well, I I don't remember how I learned about P.T. Barnum, but I I've known like who he was for quite a while. Like he's like the author of, um, not to be offensive, but the Freak Show. Like he's mm-hmm. like the original, yeah. like that was like his idea, so. Um, okay, well, the only reason why I asked is because Jacqueline had no idea that it was a musical. Oh, <laughs> she didn't. She went to see the movie. She's like, oh, cool, it's a musical. I mean, 
See, I don't, I don't know if you watch the trailer. I mean, characters I are obvious. singing as they, and I'm, and it's so funny because, and not to this on Jacqueline, because I think so many people had the reaction. This movie's a musical. I, yeah. Did you see the trailer? Did you see people singing songs? Into the mic, and it's like Hugh well, Jackman singing I, and dancing. I mean, I, do they have to put the word musical in the movie? Oh, it's gonna be a musical, like I, I, a musical oh, spectacular. I, well, no, because I mean, when I saw the trailer, though, I don't, I don't think it was totally obvious though that it was oh, a musical, okay. though. But I, I mean, there was obviously like, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the trailer because I, I assumed it was a musical. Okay. But I, I don't know. I have to go back and. I watch. went into it knowing it was a musical, but I was talking to my sister, my sister-in-law, Carissa. <laughs> and she was saying her friend went when Les Mis was in theaters her friend went to go see it and had no idea it was a musical for Les Mis? yeah well and so yeah it, but there have just... been uh, the, the Liam Neeson Les Mis movie was not a musical no but I'm trying to like people see trailers for movies like usually before they not go not everybody well they should I don't who know who are these people <laughs> I really I'm want saying, them to Lay Miz is a novel before it was ever a Broadway play and before it was the musical with but I feel like Hugh more Jackman. Famous, more famously, it is a musical. Yeah, I guess so. In recent guess. history, I would think. I mean, I like, more people have heard of the musical than have read the novel, I would say. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying how huge of a shock that was to him. I'm like, how do, do people really go to the theater and say, like, oh, Less miserableless, sure. Like they don't know what it is. Like I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like I mean, I I I don't think I've ever seen a movie without having seen the trailer. That blows my mind that people would really. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I yeah. I probably, I probably see a trailer before I ever see a movie. When people, yeah. even if people, someone recommends a movie to me, I will go watch the trailer first. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Now that the movie is out officially and you guys aren't watching screenings of it. Not under contract anymore. <laughs> Not bound to silence. What'd you guys think? Loved it. Yeah? Just one sentence. I loved it. Rachel? <laughs> Capital L-U-V. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it's, it's, well, this is probably a little too soon to say it, but it's probably my favorite film of the year. Really? Wow. Yeah. Very good. Spoiler alert. I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I thought the movie was fantastic. Okay. I, I thought so I thought it was it was just full of heart. The music this. was incredible. And I think that's probably like the best part of the movie and, and what most people love about the Are movie. Are we just jumping to highlights now? No, no. <laughs> I just want to know, I mean, uh, just ultimately like what your guys' thoughts of the movie were. I'll tell you of my highlights, but ultimately I just loved it. Well, I, was, I was smiling the entire time we were watching it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I still remember, and and so many people have seen the movie, and, well, this is probably a highlight, but just our initial reaction was just pure delight. We kept glancing at each other during the screening, like, mm-hmm. are you seeing this? Like, this is so fun. Are you feeling what I'm feeling right now? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, yeah, it, it just the initial reaction is just pure enjoyment. Yeah. No, it was really good. I, I went with, uh, I went with Amy. I went with her parents and sister and friends and stuff like that and and everyone was like wow that was really fun that was really fun um and i think that's been like kind of the overall impression I, 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 did you guys have you guys seen the rotten tomato score on the yeah. movie no in the 50s no? isn't it? yeah it's like 55 <gasps> yeah and it's a rotten score it's not considered yeah. fresh or whatever. no i know and you compare that to and, and we'll get into this too because 
Don't yeah, bring up Star Wars again. <laughs> no, no, no. You compare if you compare it to La La Land, though. Oh yeah. You know, so you know the the same lyricist who wrote, and you and I were just talking about this just before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Do you remember their name off the top of your head? Uh, ben Pasek and mm-hmm. Justin Paul. Justin Paul. Yeah. So they were the same lyricist for Well Done, Well Done for La La Land, which they won a Golden Globe and an Academy Award for. Um, so they were the same lyricist for The Greatest Showman, and you th- and and. La La Land almost won Movie of the Year back in 2016. Almost. I'm pretty Basically sure. should have. <laughs> it's kind of kind of weird how that went down. Yeah, but, very uh, weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just it's just really odd seeing how much critics kind of trash this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a reason why though. Um, so, well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the highlights then. Rachel, why don't you go first? I thought we talked about critiques first. Well, we'll we get into that. We'll get into that. Episode fifty-one. <laughs> We're just going with the flow. Okay, cool. Highlights. Um, definitely the opening scene. I mean, uh, just the opening notes of the movie. Um, the when we first saw it, the screening, the titles weren't like the Century Fox or whatever. You know, yeah. like when a movie yeah. begins, they put up the titles and stuff and the um, company logos. That wasn't all put in yet. Uh-huh. It would just began right. with an image. Right. And um, it's like that old time, yeah, like silent film yeah yeah and it just began and just those first notes and i just remember sam turning and looking at me with wide eyes (laughs) that that made me realize we were both feeling the same thing like this is extraordinary and that first scene hooked us from the very beginning and definitely definitely a highlight and i mean if you go see this movie you cannot be late for the movie to start you have to be in your seat to in like I mean, not to like enjoy comfortably it. in your seat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the movie starts off with a big bang, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be there to see it. It's it's one of the highlights for sure. Love it. Manta. Um, there's one highlight or just. Just tell me, anything? tell me, yeah, tell me what you loved about the movie. Um, okay, so yeah, definitely the beginning. That that's just hands down, <laughs> just the, like the most amazing part. Just like the best hook that you can get on a movie. Um, and I was just hooked beginning to end. I never felt bored at all. I was just so entranced in, like, what I was seeing and what I was hearing and everything that was happening. Like, the movie was over, and I was like, whoa. I was like, where have I been for the past hour and a half? <laughs> like, I like my thoughts never wandered. I was just with the screen the whole entire time. Um, and kind of always, we always already said, soundtrack, just so good <laughs> so good every single song there's not a song on there that was like man like that was okay it was just like every single song is just so good it's just so mm-hmm. well done and i like it how i did like les mis but i thought there was like so much singing that i was like okay like i'm a little, like, a little tired of it well because like, that singing. no because les mis les mis is a true musical if you talk about what the definition of of a musical is, is everything is sung. Everything is sung. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, I mean if you go to a Broadway, well, and I guess it's it's probably pretty different with with which Broadway you go to, but yeah, music is mostly how the film is communicated is through music. Um, but no, I get what you mean. I mean Les Mis, yeah, Les Mis is very unique with like the modern musical today because even La La Land and other, you know, recent musicals, there's a lot of dialogue. And this mm-hmm. one definitely has a lot of dialogue too. But I thought that all the songs were spaced very well in between mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a long time before it, but it wasn't also like we just sang a song and we had right. a couple lights and mm-hmm. never singing another song. Right. 
it was, I don't know, I just thought everything was just so well placed. All the music, I love the choreography, don't even get me started on it. It was so <laughs> fun. Just because, so we went and saw it the first time, we were just, we were just like so entranced by it that we like didn't even know what to do with ourselves. Then the second, third time, I had to like keep my, try to like keep myself quiet to not sing along because I listened yeah. to the soundtrack already so much and trying not to get out of my seat and start dancing because it's just so contagious and I, I just love dancing and like I feel like the rhythm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. <laughs> oh, it, and you did. It didn't stop. Me. And I was just, I was like, just, just standing in my out seat. in the theater just dancing. My I was just standing up. I was just in my seat going. Just the whole row. Oh the whole row was feeling it, Sam. I mean, yeah. you were inspiring us all. You're welcome, everybody. I, I mean, I was hoping you would jump out of the seat and start dancing and inspire the rest of the crowd to just oh I see it's a flash mob. You know, we just go along with it. Man, that would have been great. Did you guys have a favorite actor in the movie? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah? I, I love Hugh Jackman. I mean, there are so many phenomenal people. And actually, that was one of the questions on our survey. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this is an exclusive <laughs> release, an exclusive declaration that we weren't supposed to say, you know. Well, I mean, now we can. But <laughs> yeah, you can. I things, mean, all of that was, it yeah, it was meant to keep, be private until the movie was released, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, like, <laughs> that was. Favorite character or favorite actor? Yeah, I think, well... Either yeah. or, either or. Okay, Hugh Jackman's just a phenomenal actor. He's so great. I actually, I probably have a little bit of a crush on him. Um, my favorite <laughs> character... <laughs> oh, my favorite character is so random. I, for some reason, have this, like, fascination with the albino woman. <laughs> the one that doesn't even have a line in the movie? She doesn't have a single line, but I, like, love watching her. I don't know what it is, but I always look for her every single, like, the, like, the first, like, the second two times when I watched it. That's because she's the shining white light. The, the... Yeah, but she always has, like, the best, like, facial expressions, and, like, when they're singing This Is Me, and they're, like, walking outside, then she has, like, the wind blowing her hair, and, like, her hair is all over, and she just has this, like, determined look in her eye. And I don't know, she's so fascinating to watch. She's, I guess, like, she's, like, my favorite character. Oh, <laughs> well, if you bring that up, then my guy, the, the guy that stood out to me the most was the guy that had like crocodile skin. He, he was like, he was a white guy with blonde hair with kind of, it was kind of like a crop top, mm-hmm. but he, he had like, part of his face was like crocodile skin or something like that. I was wondering what that was. Yeah. I it, it was like tattoos, a skin disorder. No, I'm pretty that, sure. Yeah, no, there was a tattoo guy, but. I know, but I yeah. thought he was like another tattoo guy. Hmm. But I was like, that wouldn't be weird. Like, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, that's that's such a good choice. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, I like that. I mean, now the listeners, when they go see the movie, they have to search for the albino. And the crocodile. <laughs> where's, the, where's the albino and the crocodile? I wonder man. if she actually was albino, if that was just makeup and costume. I feel like you can't fake it, but it's probably possible now. <laughs> well, yeah, and we'll get into good. that more, because I, I did want to bring this up. Okay, what about you, Rachel? Okay, so favorite actor, I think Hugh Jackman just owns this movie completely. Mm-hmm. It leads the cast in every sense of the word. He does a phenomenal job. He is, Hugh Jackman is the greatest showman. I mean, there's no there's no other words for it. Um, I think character-wise, oh, see, I, I really loved um, Philip Carlyle in this mm-hmm. movie. I, exactly. And not just because it, it's Zac Efron, because I oh, I never liked <coughs> Zac Efron. I've never seen a movie that I was like, Zac Efron. <laughs> and, and, and everybody else was on the High School Musical train. I hated High School Musical as a kid. <laughs> and I every time I saw him, I would make fun of him. Oh, like, You're really? So, yeah. Every, and I like hate myself now, because <laughs> just seeing him as, as a person, yeah, as a person outside in interviews and conducting himself, he seems very mature and very, 
gen, gen genuine. Oh, that's the word I'm trying for. <laughs> He's very genuine. Seems very um, down to earth. To yeah. Me. yeah, I'm sure they all strive for that in interviews anyway. So it's all probably an illusion. But he seems that way to me. And I don't know. I really appreciated his character as a grounding for P.T. Barnum mm -hmm. and his role in the P.T. Barnum circus. I yeah. really appreciated it as a background man and you know his growth. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, Zach, Zach Efron is my—he was my favorite actor in the movie. Mm -hmm. I loved him, and he hasn't been in a musical since uh, Hairspray. So, yeah. oh, um, he was so fun in Hairspray. I mean, so it's been—it's been almost like ten years since I think he's been in a musical. Mm -hmm. But like the moment, like the moment the movie ended, I was just like, he's got to be in more musicals. Put this guy in yeah. musicals, just like how Hugh Jackman is it has been in, you know, few musicals. Mm -hmm. Which ones have? Les Obviously, Les Mis, <laughs> but what else? Hasn't there been more? He won a more. Tony, didn't he? For something. There was a. Oh, goodness. I really wanted to memorize this trivia before I got here, and I didn't. But he won a. I believe he won a Tony, and there was. Uh, I thought it had to do with. Um, nope. I'm not even going to try for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I just. Like, I. I. Uh, I, I wish there were more musicals that came yeah. out every year. Because there's only a handful, if that. You know, most know. Of, most of the musical movies are left up to Pixar and Disney. You know, I like, do think they're coming back though. Just like with the start of La La Land, and it's like La La Land was like pretty big, and or I guess maybe starting with Les Mis, like Les Mis, and then La La Land, and now Greatest Showman. Well, even as far back as Chicago winning Best Picture back right. in 2002, right. I think that was a real shocker to Hollywood. Of oh, well, musicals have a place, and it won Best Picture. I think it. Yeah. I think it surprised everybody, and whether or not you think it should have won. I think that made, it, well, <laughs> that made the, a statement. The, I mean, the reality is, if you're an actor in Hollywood in the 40s and 50s and probably even further back than that, if you were going to make it in the movie industry, you not only have to act, you, you have, have to sing. sing you have to dance. sing and dance. Like, that. that is, that is, those are traits that you have to have as, you know, as an actor mm -hmm. or actress to be able to succeed. And so, like... I I love it. I love it when you see actors and actresses that are are they've got kind of the whole package. The trifecta. Yeah. And obviously like Hugh Jackman and Zach Efron, they have it. Like they can act and they can sing and, and they, they can, can dance. dance. And it's awesome. And I love I love seeing actors and actresses that, you know, are able to do that. It's like even Michelle Williams. Mm -hmm. You know, she was awesome in she this. Was so good. And I'm, I I was so happy when she had her um she had her solo song after Yes, yeah. No, just because as as Where's a character <laughs> as a character within the movie though, I felt that she deserved it just because yeah. of how, you know, the her character arc within the film. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, no, I just Zach Efron was so awesome in the movie and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is so he's full of charisma and just like mm -hmm. can just sing his heart out." And I loved it. I loved yeah. it. And I do have to take like some blame because I did for a while, like, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, Zac Efron, like, he's, like, he's trying to, like, make his way off of Disney, or, like, Zendaya, she's trying to make her way off of Disney, but, like, this, when I went back and watched it the second time, I was like, you know what, I was like, I do not, I do not give them enough credit, like, they are really good yeah. at singing and yeah. dancing. No, yeah, I, I was impressed by Zendaya, I didn't know she could sing. Yeah, me neither. No. She sounded good. Yeah. I mean, because, <laughs> yeah, because in, uh, what what were her Disney Channel shows? I can't I just remember. remember Casey Undercover. Right. And they they weren't, they weren't like, singing. Like, where Zac Efron, Zac Efron was singing in Disney movies mm -hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. you know. You know, so him singing, that wasn't necessarily a surprise. Um, but, yeah, no, she I. She has a good voice. Yeah, no, she was really good. And she probably had, she and Zac probably had, like, the greatest. Chemistry. 
choreographed scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. extraordinary! Yeah. I mean that that for me that was like that was like wow the the rope swinging scene. Yeah. Well, even without the help of CGI, I mean, well, there was same CGI when we saw it the first time. It it just wasn't complete at least CGI. Mm-hmm. Right. And finished the CGI, but. I mean, there were parts in that scene when we saw it the first time where you could see the ropes attached to them. Yeah. So it yeah. was them spinning through the air, even though they had safety harnesses. Right, but right. They were but still spinning them. through the air right. and doing these things. <laughs> I, I mean, it's extraordinary to think that they they still did that. It yeah. Still I, takes an extreme amount of time. Because Rachel and I were talking about this. Her she Zendaya has an interview with um, Jimmy Fallon. And she's telling him about how hard it was to get that scene where, like, they're, she and Zach are coming to each other and they, like, grab each other and turn. She just said, like, so many times we just, like, smacked into each other and just, <laughs> she said it was just so painful. And then when they finally got it, it was just the best thing ever. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so let's talk about something that a lot of people are really critical of this movie. Okay, okay. let's. Um, the fictionalization of a historical figure so and i've i've seen a lot of this a lot of articles written about how pt barnum is fantasized mm-hmm. like where he is kind of given a very um sympathetic character that you like and are mm-hmm. rooting for when actually in history he wasn't that savory of a person so did you guys go into this movie expecting this to be like learning a history lesson well, as I said, I didn't realize who he was or that this movie was even true until after it ended. But it's not, though. There are parts... Well, of, I, I mean, mean, like, like, it's generally. Right. Generally is. I mean, yeah. It's, like, the general ideas of who P.T. Barnum is and what he did are very generalized in this movie. Yeah. So, like... From what I've read, like, that does seem to be true. <laughs> yeah i mean but was that an issue for you guys um i was kind of looking at just like as a movie just musical story standpoint mm-hmm. for me like it didn't really bother me that much um but it is really hard because because so many people do love hugh jackman and so it's really hard to like try to like dislike him but there are some times where i was like oh my gosh it's like who is this guy so like for example when he goes to charles stratton to his house to talk to him and he's and he's and charles says um he said he's like you just like want people to laugh at me on stage he's like well kid like they're already laughing might as well get paid and i was like oh my gosh that's like that's terrible like that is so bad and then just thinking also kind of just like what i know about the circus that the animals are treated terribly as well and so i was trying to like seeing like the elephants mm-hmm. just, like stand on like their front two legs or back two legs and like doing everything I was like, yeah, like, that's amazing, but, and, like, they weren't treated well in order to get them to do that. Um, so I guess, like, f- standing from a historical standpoint, then, yeah, like, this movie is just, like, terrible, like, it's just so unfair, and, like, it's just not very good, but looking at it from, like, a casual standpoint, it didn't bother me. Well, the only reason why I asked is because I, I, I don't have any issue with it whatsoever, <laughs> And the reason is, is because the movie never claimed to be a tale of history. It yeah. never said, never said this is based on true based on a true story or based on true figures, based on yeah. historical figures. Exactly. These are inspired by true events. It didn't claim anything of authenticity for how factual it is. And so, yeah. so anyone that goes into this movie thinking that they're going to learn a history yeah. lesson is 
only fooling themselves. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> no, in fact, I think I went in with the complete reverse perspective of probably nothing is going to be historically accurate. And I was surprised right. at how many things I read about later actually did happen. Like his... Right. Charles well, Stratton was a real person. Yeah. I didn't know that. I almost gave a couple spoilers. <laughs> right. But yeah, like there's some things in the movie that if you look up afterwards, they were real events that did happen to P.T. Barnum and and his family and things. Right. And I thought that was... And I thought, oh, wow, what a treat. That actually right. did happen. But right. I went in what a allowing that to be completely fictionalized. Yeah. This is a musical. I mean... If you think about Les Mis, they portray the revolution of whatever year that happened. Right. That actually did happen, but they portray it as this glorious event of, you know, triumph of the human spirit and things. And it's like, that was such an insignificant moment (laughs) in history. Like, nobody would have remembered it had there not been a book and a musical made about it. Right. And and maybe the author even, you know, I don't know how long ago um, Hugo, Victor Hugo wrote this, but... He took liberties with history, and nobody was up in his grill about, oh, Victor, what are you doing here? Like, this is not portraying this revolution correctly. And, I mean, what is a portrayal of history anyway? It's all perspective. Yeah. So I think it's just another layered perspective. And I think if you're willing to look at it on the surface, it's very happy, cheerful tone. But if you want to find those darker undertones, those moments like Sam mentioned with Charles Stratton, you do see the flaws and the kinks in the makeup. Like they're there and they don't, and not that they try to hide them, but they're smiling through them and you can see that. And I think that that to me makes me appreciate the movie more. It doesn't, I don't feel like they're hiding anything. I feel like you just, you get out of it what you want to get out of it. Right. Right. No, I agree. I think that's well said just because uh, (laughs) the movie, the movie in no shape or form claims to be a tale of history. Yeah. So, so just don't 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 critique it because because it doesn't portray history. It never said it was. Yeah. I mean, and what movie is one hundred percent historically accurate? Well, this is the example that I always give. So, mm-hmm. there's a movie that came out a few years ago, a few years ago called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Yes. So Abraham Lincoln was totally a real person. Did he slay vampires? I'm pretty sure he. Right. Did so it's like <laughs> it's like accounts. like how dare you. <laughs> portray Abraham Lincoln in such a way that is not true to history. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never claimed to portray they're history. They're trying to sell like, something. <laughs> like, they're just trying to sell something. I know. And, yeah, but it's not okay when he does it. Mm. Okay, so let's hear your critiques. What do you guys not like about the movie? Um, so... <laughs> There's so much more. Yeah, we could do highlights forever. Um, critiques. So when I first watched the movie, I thought... This is cheesy. This is corny. Like, really? so many times I was like, that was cheesy. But, I I mean, I have to look back and I analyze my perspective at the time. I was hyped for the Oscars. I was looking at trying to... I was trying to pretty much be a movie critic and learn how movie critics see movies and what they look for and trying to criticize things. And I was looking for the holes in the movie the entire time. And then I realized um, that it was just getting in the way of me enjoying the movie. And mm-hmm. I was enjoying the movie quite easily. And so I... I, when people go to the movie, I think probably like nine out of 10 people are just in love with it. And there's always that 10th person, Devin, who, <laughs> who says like, oh, I don't know. The story wasn't that interesting. And, you know, it just didn't flow very well. What It was corny. It was cheesy. And it was predictable. And to me, I, I, I just, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from because I put myself kind of in that chair of the, you know, the snooty critic, who is also a character in this movie. <laughs> um, but I think, 
I just it just depends on what perspective I think you take into it. Mm-hmm. So it maybe that wasn't really a critique, <laughs> but <laughs> probably it turned out being like a I know this is your critique, but you know snap snap you're wrong. But I don't know. I was gonna snap, but I wasn't sure if it would come through the mic, <laughs> so I had to verbalize it. <laughs> well, um. Hold on. I had something I wanted to say about your comment, but I don't remember what it was. That's like clever. Um, there were like a couple things I didn't like that I put on the survey at the end of the first screening. Mm. Um, so like a couple things like that really bothered me, just story wise, were that so he P.D. Barnum totally snubs all of his freaks quote at the after show mm-hmm. after Jenny Lynn sings, and. Like, he completely snubs them. Like, they, like, consider him, like, as a family. Like, he's, like, their boss and, like, trying to, like, help them out. Mm -hmm. And he snubs them so bad. And then at the very end... uh, Don't give anything away. I'm not. Disaster strikes. (laughs) (laughs) And they forgive him. They're like, you know what? Like, like, I don't know. They, like, didn't even say, like, that's okay or anything. It was just, like, you, like, do so much for us. We want to do all we can to help you. And it's just... I was like, well, he snubbed you. Like, why do you want to help him now? Because I felt that there's like no, they were not given a reason to forgive him or forgive him so quickly. I felt so that really bothered me. Um, and then I think the other thing I didn't like was how I I never like I guess it's like kind of like going for the historically inaccuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never felt that he actually learned about. I feel like he never saw them as people. He just saw them as ma- like people who will help him make money. Well, yeah, he had a dream. He had a dream, and they were they were a means to an end. Yeah, but so the critic at the at the end of the movie, he says he's like another critic, like wouldn't even say this is a celebration of humanity. I never yeah. felt like I never felt like P.T. Barnum got that. I never mm. felt that he got the sense that these are people and that they have no like they have, I guess, no right to be ashamed of themselves. They, yeah, yeah, no, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I I don't know if you guys recognize this, um, but that the, the theater critic in the movie, Mm -hmm. he, he is just, he is a, a total trope of what Hollywood views of film critics. Mm -hmm. He, he is, he is the definition of what Hollywood thinks of a film critic. (laughs) And so that is why, that is why P.T. Barnum is always able to, you know, just... <laughs> Talk back. <laughs> yes. Yes, because the the critic has critiques, and he doesn't like his show, and he's going to let him know, and P.T. Barnum is going to say, well, you know what? Your opinion doesn't really matter. And that is what Hollywood thinks of film critics anyway, is that yeah. we don't really care what you think. And people are having a good time. People pay money, and that's all that matters. Well, like I said, I don't know. Sometimes directors will like pay for a critic's dinner, so the critic might feel better like about seeing their movie. Well, I, I mean, it, it's not like they don't care at all. Like they, they yeah. do. The, the, I mean, it, it all it all boiled down to one line where he said, he said, "Well, uh, I'm I, I'm gonna butcher and it, but he said part? I can quote it directly." So he he says he says, um, "How ironic is it?" Um, a, a critic a, of the theater a, is so joyless. No, I can't find joy in the yeah, a crit, yeah, a critic of the theater cannot find find joy in theater. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So, and, and basically that's, I mean, that's just, that is the narrative that Hollywood like, paints film critics. If you on. love it's, movies, why do you hate them so much? Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, that, you said it perfectly. So, but I, I did think it's funny though. I, it, I mean, that's not the only movie I've seen where the director or the writers of the film, like, you know, kind of paint with a broad stroke what they think of film critics. Like, if, yeah. have you guys ever seen Lady in the Water? The M. Night Shyamalan oh, movie. I haven't. Yes. Well, spoiler alert. So there is a film critic in the movie, and he's the first to die. <laughs> and, and it's a very, it's actually a very comical scene. It's very comical. It is. Wow. Because uh, it's, he, he's just like, well, this is how this happened. Because this movie is so predictable, and this is what's going to happen. And then I'm going to get saved. But he doesn't. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's really funny. I'm it's literally really going to go see that movie just for that. Oh, shoot. Well, I hope it is spoiler for you. I mean, it's a no, very, it's a, it's a very minor it scene. It's this. a very minor scene. It's not like, <laughs> it's, it's not like the climax spoiler. of yeah. the movie or anything like that. Well, see, this, but, yeah, this point, I have a theory that this movie is actually a meta movie. Like, a movie about... Movies. the making of specifically the greatest showman hmm. like with a movie within a movie there's a narrative of the greatest showman or this very talented person trying to bring uh something that he finds joy in i think they predicted in the movie itself i i think the critic was a representation of what they knew critics would say about the movie oh that's that's and that's really interesting like yeah. if you go on rotten tomatoes and read some of the critiques they are literally like almost quoting the critic from the movie but right. not in a way that makes them see like seem like ha 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 i know you're making me the critic from the movie right. it's like they're not in on the joke right and they're they're literally saying what the critic said and but the movie already refuted their argument yeah. you know and so it's just yeah. interesting it's like they're playing almost right into the hand and I, I don't know. I see. There's a lot of different things that I could go on and on and on about this theory. I've thought about it way too much. But I, but I really do see connections between real life and like the story, yeah. and then the narrative of the making of the movie as well. I no, think. that's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So the the one of the first scenes when all the like the like the freaks first show. It's coming. They call them freaks. I don't know what I don't know what else do I call them. The I mean, people, like, the people. cast members, individuals. <laughs> it's like it's person. It's quote freaks. Like they were like quote the freak show. I'm not. Quote I'm just freaks. The freaks she's doing the two fingers right now for those of you who Air can't quotes. see. Air quotes. To any of our listeners who possibly might be a bearded lady or a very very small person, Samantha means no harm. I'm just using colloquial terms. If you are albino, she's probably your biggest fan. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just, it's like the circus members. Yeah, there you go. When the the circus members first show appears, Charles Stratton comes out on a CGI horse and like everything around him is CGI. And I was like, this is so cheesy. Like they could not like do better than this. Like they could not get him on an actual horse at least. Right, right. But... Because uh, that really bothered me, because when the first time we saw this in the screening, I was like, oh, like this is just something they're going to fix later. It was the same thing. It, it was still CGI. the same thing. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, and so, I was telling Rachel, um, I just said, that was so cheesy. I was like, I cannot believe they, they, they could have do better. But she said, maybe that's just like a parallel of like what the show is. Like, it's just, it's just cheesy. It is just... I don't well, think that, it's... that that was one of the things that bothered me the most is how they made that character because it it just visually looked terrible. Hmm. It looked awful. It and, didn't. And <laughs> I agree. I just they could have used a real person. Like that that that's what it came down to is like 
there are so many different things that they could have done instead of what they did. Yeah. And yeah, I just I just didn't like how they handled that character specifically, but um, but yeah. Yeah. I kind of saw that character as, remember when uh, P.T. Barnum stuffs a pillow in the heavy man's... Yes. I, I saw that as the pillow. Like, they were <laughs> they were literally <laughs> making it look fake. So you would be like, I think that's fake. And yet yeah. the, the like, scenes that can be real. or the jokes were, like, so endearing. And you, you literally sometimes were like, this is fake. And I think those opportunities, you had to make a choice. Am I going to let it go? Or am I going to harp on this and get caught up yeah. on it? You know, I don't know. So... I obviously I'm going back to my theory again. Get off my horse, you know. But I think I think it was intentionally left that way. That it's like, no, we don't need to make it any better. But it's like going back to what the critic said, he's like, Does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? It's like, well, do these smiles look fake? No. It's like everything was fake in the movie, but I was grinning the entire time. Like, I, no. I loved it anyways. That is a really deep theory. <laughs> I can go deeper. <laughs> we have not reached the depths. Okay, now that we've arrived at this part. Yes. What is your guys's or which is your favorite song? I'm gonna say mine first because Sam came onto my parade and changed yeah. her answer because of mine. Okay, give us your favorite. So give good. give us your favorite and then a runner up. Okay. Okay. You can choose two. From now on is my favorite. Ooh, that's a good one. And mm. then my second favorite is the other side. Really? Yes. Really. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I think the the two best choreographed as well in the film. Yeah. Now that one was that that was a very fun scene. Definitely. Okay, Manta. Okay. So just so Rachel does not think I copy her or anything. I know. For, <laughs> at first, I said that my very favorite song was "A Million Dreams," because I just died when I heard that song the first time. I just loved it so much, mm-hmm. and I loved like the imagination that just like came with it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, just, like, the more I thought about it and the more, like, Rachel and I talked about it, then I, I do think, like, from now on is so great. Because just, like, as a scene, just, like, as a whole as a scene, like, the choreographing was so good and it was just so fun and I love the stomping with it. And so I think just, like, just kind of, like, because of that, then I can see, like, how that can kind of, like, be, just be my favorite song. Mm-hmm. I was looking at everything. But close second runner-up would be A Million Dreams. So your favorite song is from now on? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. My favorite song is "Rewrite the Stars." Oh, yep. It's uh, see. I every time I pick favorites, <laughs> somebody else says one, and I'm so like, "Oh, I should." And my runner-up is "A Million Dreams." I love oh, that song. Yeah. That one's really so good. good. Really, really good. I was really impressed by. I guess his name is Ziv Zafman. Mm-hmm. Is the little boy that? That's a sung, show star name. Like the P.T. Barnum child version of the song. I don't think the actor. I don't know, it might have been the same actor, but I thought it was No, I I don't think it I don't think it's the same actor. I think everyone's on their own parts except for that kid and uh um, Jenny Lind. And Jenny yeah. Lind. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, Jenny Lind's song is uh sung by Lauren Allred. Never enough. And her voice is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The song's so good yeah. too. Deserves to be a nightingale. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Um anything else you guys want to say about the movie? Um, not a recommendation, not yet. No, just no. another one of my highlights <clears throat> from it that I I didn't notice it the first time I saw it, but the second time, there's a lot of um, multiple meanings in the lyrics mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on what they're showing, mm-hmm. and so um, so for example in Never Enough, so Rachel and I were talking with so when the first time I saw it, we just thought all we like really heard from it was like nothing is ever enough it's like all like the stars are never enough all the like the limelight is never enough 
And we just thought it was like, wow, she's like so greedy, like she's like can never be satisfied. But then looking back, then I didn't realize that it was about it was a love story. It was about like like if without you, everything is never enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was a good parallel with like with P. T. Barnum, how it was like nothing was ever enough for him because like his wife says like. Like, this and this and this. Like, when is it ever going to be enough? And then Rachel and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, never enough. Like, never. Never, <laughs> never. But it's true because I, I think he, like, because when she see, like, the very first part about it, like, without you, it's never enough, I was, like, distracted by something else. Kind of like P.T. Barton was, like, distracted by, like, everything. So I thought that song was just about, like, having everything and it's never enough. And I think that's what P.T. Barton felt. But then, like, as I kind of, like, looked at it some more, then I realized it was about a love song, and as P.T. Barnum, like, looks a little bit more, he realizes it's not about having everything, it's about having his mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I really, really liked about the lyrics is, you know, on Tightrope, then she's singing, like, I'd risk it all for you, but it's showing, when she sings I'll risk it all, it's showing Hugh Jackman or P.T. Barnum watching Jenny Lind. He risked mm-hmm. everything for her or to mm-hmm. be with her. And so it was like that kind of like double meaning there. And then I love how the show starts with this is the greatest show and it ends with him with his family singing it's everything you'll ever want right there in front of you. <laughs> I loved it. I just loved, I just loved like all the parallels, all the like double meanings in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It was so well done. Good job, Benj. Good job, Justin. <laughs> I love La La Land. Shout out to that. Well, we need to give a shout out to the actual musical composers them too <laughs> <laughs> we don't know your names by but we love you. Uh, we will John Debney and Joseph uh, Trapanese Johnny Depp and the Trapeze <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says right here it says music by, by music by John Debney and Joseph Trapanese T-R-A-P-A-N-E-S-E Trapanese ah, hmm, interesting <laughs> okay oh. final words Rachel Oh, there's never enough time for my final words. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think just, I've now seen this movie three times sitting in a theater seat. Mm. Each time it has gotten better. Mm. And I, each time there's something else to glean from it, mm-hmm. which I find so, um, in contrast to the critics comments of that's eh, entertaining and nothing more. I feel like I have gleaned so much from it and maybe that's just because of the effort I've put in maybe it's just you get out of it what you put in I don't know but this movie is it's so it just makes me feel good every single time I see it if somebody (laughs) said tomorrow I'm gonna go see The Greatest Showman I will go with them I'll probably just keep going I mean I have a movie pass so maybe that doesn't mean as much for people who pay 10 bucks you know but um I just think this this movie is so well done and I Still remember when we went to the screening, a studio rep came out and to announce the movie to us and said, "Remember, this isn't um, the movie's not finished." And he said something that has always stuck with me. And just one, I mean, it's a simple statement. All he said was, um, "We're still um, a very large team of people has worked very hard on this movie, and we're still working very hard on it." Mm-hmm. And just that one sentence, I think, summed up both the theme of the movie and the theme of making the movie. Um, of just so many people trying their very hardest to, to create something beautiful. And I love that, that they have, you know, and I love the little added details of, you know, the thank you at the beginning of the film. Like, yeah. Thanks for coming and seeing this. And then yeah. at the end, if you stay through the whole credits, I always stay through the whole credits. You know, <laughs> I think, you know, people should know you should stay. There's always something, you know, even if it's a 
green screen. But um, <laughs> the, it says at the end how many people worked yeah. on the movie, how many jobs were created by just creating this movie. I don't 15, know. 15,000 jobs. That's awesome. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, that really could is. have been me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't including our opinion giving and survey. Probably. You know, that probably would have, we would, 15,002 at least. <laughs> well, I think you guys have nailed it just because I, I love musical movies. I, I And I have some like just really strong memories of musicals i mean us growing up and in our family i mean when i think of sundays in our in our family i think of oliver twist and the sound of music (laughs) and fiddler on the roof and i mean i mean we were always watching musicals it feels like and so i'm i'm happy to see quality musicals still made Mm -hmm. and especially this one this one i I think has an incredible message you know to be shared with so many people and there are so many people that can view this movie and relate with so many different of the characters like there are so many different stories within the movie itself that you can be like oh my gosh i identify with this person or this story you know and And, um but i mean the album the album is so good the music is is so good this is not to knock la la land i thought la la land was a good movie and samantha you and i can talk about this later samantha's favorite movie i think from last year but i can't remember a single song from that movie i've seen it once and i honestly what i I can remember what i remember is his piano melody that's that's what i remember i don't remember a single song and with this one I know every single song. I've listened to the soundtrack multiple times and it's because I wanted to. Like this movie like drew me in so much to its music that I was like, I have to know this these songs. And so yeah, so like I, I like it's it's not a knock on La La Land or any other musicals that have come out recently, but like this is a phenomenal, phenomenal soundtrack. They did yeah. an incredible job. I really want to defend myself right now. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to. Step down. But um, just like as a side note, I think part of the reason like that critics can be so harsh on movies is I feel like good movies need to be rewatched mm-hmm. in order to understand them. And I feel like critics don't always have the time to or maybe desire yeah. to rewatch Well, there are a lot them. of people that believe that if you're you have one impression to make on me and if you, you better make a good first impression because that's the one that's going to last i mean like inception people get so lost in inception you cannot just watch that movie once like for the first time and be done with it yeah. like you have to watch it like two times or like with a movie that has a twist it's so fun to go back and watch rewatch everything it's like oh my gosh like they're telling me what the twist is this entire time <laughs> and i didn't catch it yeah. no yeah i i totally agree i think this movie even the critic in the movie the first time he goes, he just destroys it. And then he comes mm-hmm. the second time and Barnum says, oh, you're back again. I'm so glad to see you. And then the third time he comes back and the more times he goes, the softer he becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's a trick with this movie. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. Last segment. Ready? Ready. Our recommendation. Our recommendation. <clears throat> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, Rachel, you go first. What is your recommendation? Ugh. Don't wait. Just go. I mean, what else could you do? I, today's Thursday. Well, they probably won't hear this until, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Just just go. Oh, wait. Go see it. That's what it's called. Yeah. Not a just go. But I'm giving it a just go. The first just, just go. go on this podcast. Okay, very good. Samantha? Go see it. If I didn't make that impression the very first time we like the very beginning of this podcast <laughs> if you just skipped the whole hour and a half that we've been chatting if you just listen to the first couple minutes of this interview you will know i'm giving to go see it but for sure like it is worth 
five dollars all the way up to like the twelve dollars, and yeah. it's worth seeing in theaters. Yeah, because it's, it's it's just so fun, and yeah. you just you have to be in on like why people love the music. You have to be in because the music's actually better in the movie mm-hmm. than it is on the soundtrack, and. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I, and that's, <clears throat> that's another thing I would recommend. I, I would recommend seeing the movie first before you listen to yes. the music because the movie puts context with the music itself and it Absolutely. makes the music more powerful, yeah. definitely. Um, but, sorry, yeah. Because we were in line waiting to go, or get, waiting to buy tickets and I was with our brother Hunter mm-hmm. and he was listening to music and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to like, but get pumped up, you know? And I was like, no, I was like, you'll be pumped up like this second that movie starts like yeah. i promise you yeah and he's like are you he's like are you serious and i was like no i was like i'm dead serious <laughs> you won't have to wait like you like you gotta trust me you gotta believe me on this like do not listen to the music until the movie starts like you'll be like you will like be pumped the second yeah. the movie starts yeah and so at the end of the movie i asked him i was like so like how what do you think of the beginning he's like i'm he's like that was awesome i'm so glad i didn't listen to anything yeah and i was like i told yeah. Well, yeah. I'll make it three for three on the recommendation um, and that it is a go see a movie. This movie was fantastic. I loved it. Had so much fun. So happy I saw it. And yes, I, I, I mean, the movie is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's three go see it. Yeah. Good job, guys. In the words of Hugh Jackman, see it the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, no, very true. Very true. And I think, yeah, I think seeing it in theaters will definitely elevate your experience of the for movie sure. itself. So, well, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for hopping for on us. again. Andre, thank you. It is always so much fun to come and chat movies with you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Okay, well, why don't you tell the listeners if they want to follow you guys on social media and stuff like that, how they can make, how can they reach out to you? Samantha? Uh, Sam. <laughs> Do you not even it. know your no. Instagram <laughs> name? looking it up oh on my Oh, okay, God. so my Instagram name is pajama underscore Sam with three M's. Yeah, so P A J A M A underscore S A M M M. And are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's at Caterpillar Sam, also with three M's. <laughs> wow. If it's not three M's, just look it up under one. Okay, Rachel. Uh, I am on. Facebook and you don't even know either, don't judge. <laughs> I'm not. I just I was wondering how I spelled it. Because it's a made up well. Facebook's not, yeah, Facebook's not a made up word, it's just Rachel Ogden on Facebook. Um, and I'm all in all kinds of things on Backseat Circus, so that should be easy enough to find Perfect. Um, but yeah. Rock the Taurus on Instagram. That's true, but you're not gonna find many cool pictures. <laughs> They're gonna be honest on Okay. Well, thanks, you guys, again. It's been a lot of fun. And listeners, thanks to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading today's episode. Thanks for supporting the show. Yes, very much. And go support. Go support the greatest show, man. And go watch it. Um, But yeah, thanks again for listening and stay up to date with the podcast and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and any other podcast outlet. Um, And until next week, we'll see you guys next week at the movies. See ya. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.